Kentucky Fantasy Football welcomes you back to this edition of a late February podcast, late at night on a Tuesday, where I am joined with none other and once again, the greatest trophy husband that ever lived, my pal and the voice of the KFFSC podcast, now going on three years, Robbie Fetcher. Can you believe it? Three years. A lot of late nights, a lot of good times, and hopefully a lot of good information for our players. Eventually, we may get something right. Let's get right into it. You know, you have to be thrilled with what has happened last week with your uh, Indianapolis Colts. I am. I mean, I, they needed a quarterback. I was happy to hear Philip Rivers was moving on. And I think it just made a lot of sense to kind of have that marriage back between Frank Reich and Carson Wentz. Um, they did not have to gamble and, and send a definite first round. I know if he plays over 75%, it'll turn from a second to a first. It's first round fetch. They'll have to send the first round. It's, he's going to play over 75%. Well, Plus, he's going to be successful. He's, exactly. he's, going, and, uh, he's going to be successful. Compared to the King Ransom that the Rams had to give up for Stafford, I, I think Chris Ballard made a good deal. And I think well, it, what, it what should you're, work what out. What you're, what you're, and, we, and we've talked about that before, and we've determined, and, and this may be true for more than just the Rams, we've determined that this year of uh, no combine and um, limited scouting opportunities, not every school is having a pro day, interviews that must be done over Zoom. You know these football executives have to be tired of these Zoom meetings. They probably can excel at them now. But, you know, interviewing a kid over Zoom, whether or not he's going to join your team, is a lot different than being in the room with him. So, uh, these draft picks uh, for the NFL in 2021 are maybe just not as valuable. And so, yeah, Ballard knows what he's doing. The general manager at Philadelphia, Howie Roseman, the, the jury's still out on that. I like Howie, but, you know, he needs a win. and. He, it doesn't look to me like he's getting any anywhere. Uh, let's stay on point from a fantasy perspective. What's going to happen? Um, here's my quick predictions. Uh, Indianapolis is going to win in a division that I don't think a lot of those teams are going to get much better. Indianapolis has already gotten better and was was a good team to begin with. They got the running games uh, straightened out. Marlon Mack, uh, whether he returns or not, just adds to that. So I am drafting Fetch in uh, the FFPC, and I've noticed a big jump from Michael, uh, Michael uh, Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, and uh, the uh, uh, Carson Wentz, of course, uh, when joining the team. I'm seeing some stacks of Colts players. You're going to be looking to do the same uh, pretty soon here. You know, I, I, the price is probably going to be too high for me on Jonathan Taylor as it looks like he's going to be a top eight pick mm-hmm. uh, in most drafts. Uh, I do love the value in Pittman. Uh, he showed uh, the strength and the ability as a rookie, you know, a little injured early, but came on strong. And with a uh, quarterback with a better arm, let's not be let's be honest with with what Philip Rivers was working with late in his career. Uh, I think it kind of tends more to Pittman's um, you know, ability. So I, I think Pittman should be going in the seventh round, sixth round, and somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And that's where I would take him. And I think he's got a lot of value because I do think they're going to let T.Y. go. Um, the tight end situation's kind of been evolving the last few years. Jack Doyle's hung around. Mo Ali Cox has shown some um, you know, well, well, fetch, I'm going to stop you right there because you're going too far. You're just okay. going. You're just going way too far. First of all, you said they're going to let T.Y. Hilton go. T.Y. Hilton let go anywhere. He's going to be an Indianapolis Colt. Talk more about Mo Alley uh, to me. Or what you know about this player? His athleticism. He comes to them as a, a former basketball player. Um, really uh, has length um, that can go get the ball. They really, when he's healthy, like to try to use him in the red zone. How many years? Have the Colts invested in him now? Is it two or three? No, it's up to four, actually. Really? Yes. Yes. You know, he was a—he's a very, very good basketball player when he was at uh, was it Virginia Commonwealth? I, think I believe so. VCU. He's a very good ball player. 
Uh, I was first, his name first started getting batted around, and by you know who, Darren Larson. Uh, FPI had him on draft boards at a couple of live events in Louisville. Yeah, it was it was real interesting. Uh, Larson was very excited to uh, to get him, and and Peter, I was raising all kinds of hell, you know, which is 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 just keeps in character for those two characters. And uh, but I think uh, I think uh, FBI was probably just one year ahead. I with this quarterback, with this quarterback, I think Mo Alley Cox uh, will be the guy. Your thoughts? You know, Trey Burton really came on late last year. The Colts really like to use a plethora of tight ends, similar to uh, Philadelphia, where you had Goddard, uh, your favorite fill-in last year, Richard Rodgers, and Zach mm-hmm. Ertz. So I don't know if they really like that one tight end. I think they will use them in situations. But if Mo Cox becomes that red zone target, he becomes a great late-round flyer that maybe can make you some points, especially in the FFPC with the extra yeah. Half point. And all our guys, we always want to talk about the FFPC because we send people out there and we expect them to do well. We want them to do well. We're rooting for them. I am having a blast. Uh, Fetch, I got to tell you, you know, this, <laughs> just like everybody else in the world, I'm living my life much, much differently than I ever had before. I think about it. Uh, this is about the time that uh, we'd be planning to the NFL combine, heading up for the agent meeting. We're doing our agent meeting virtually this year, and it is mandatory attend, uh, attendance. It's actually this Thursday. Going to make sure I get there on time. But um, the the world has been different for me, and and so I have uh, had the opportunity uh, to continue the slow drafting. I've really, really enjoyed it. I started. I won through the uh, the great tournament that the. Uh, uh, FFPC has their playoff tournament. Uh, I played in several teams and I got uh, consolation prizes. I, I won $35 uh, entry teams, you know, and uh, a little pat on the bat and thanks for playing, you know. So those those were in my account. <laughs> so uh, I decided to play them. I jumped off into one of what the FFPC classics are. You know, just like you have, you played in our KFFSC classics. And and so there's several things I want to talk about. First of all, slow drafts. Uh, we have one that you have signed up for, and I believe we're now down to three. That'll be our first $39, 28-round uh, slow draft going off. Yes, I, I signed up tonight, saw someone else did. We're down to three, and those take off as soon as they're filled, correct, Farrell? Yes, sir. Now, I have I – have, had a blast in those and they've been good, good prep work. Um, I've learned in this prior to the start of free agency, that there are terrific, terrific values of players whose situations may change or stay the same. Uh, And and I want to get into a little bit of those guys later um, as we talk about what we expect in free agency, because it's big, big thing, um, and, and see if we can get some of our predictions right. So those $35 leagues have got me together, so I signed up for one of the classics. Now, the blast that I'm having in this classic, a $250 entry fee, uh, the uh, Bobby Sangerman joined soon after I did, and, uh, you know, he's a household name of the KFFSC. And another guy that will be joining us live this year, uh, but has played at least for three years, uh, Mike Richmer. So I'm drafting 11th, Richmer's at 12th, Sangerman's at 6th, and uh, Bobby got, uh, Bobby's got a really good team uh, in this. And he started with Jonathan Taylor there at the sixth spot uh, before Barkley, and I believe I would have taken Henry at that spot. Uh Sixth spot of the first round, Taylor or Henry Fetch? Personally, I like Henry, but I can understand people being a little leery of all the uh, mileage that's put been put on him the last two years. All right. Okay. We move on, and uh, we're in now, – now, this is something I want to say about draft position. Um, 
This is about the third time I've ended up with the 11th spot. So my teams are developing a bit of a, a, a sameness, which is good because I'm, I'm knowing which players are going to be there. And that 11th, the 10th, 11th spot in the FFPC is, is not as fun as it is in the KFFSC because there's no third round reversal coming down there to bail you out. And uh, even with the uh, tight ends, this draft featured Kelsey at number two, uh, Kittle at number nine. I think the drafter got that wrong. And uh, I, Tyree Kill, I was left between uh, two running backs, um, Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, and Austin Eckler. Uh, I figured I could wait. I wanted Eckler out of that three, but I figured I could wait. Um, uh, team 12, which is uh, Richmer. He went with Chubb and Hopkins uh, after I went with Waller and then followed up with Eckler. Uh, nobody's going to draft Waller here in uh, Kentucky. None of these tight ends are going to go, with the exception of maybe Kelsey, are going to go off early. But um, you quickly, in the running back area, as you move towards the end of that first round, you quickly get uh, away from uh, some of your – your top back, some of your can't miss guys. You feel the same way, Fetch? I definitely do. Um, I, I drafted not not in a slow draft, but in another draft masters, and I had uh, darn, I can't I, the eighth spot, I believe, and I I went with Chubb because he was there, and I could have went Kelsey, and I think uh, FPI kind of had a few choice words that I didn't go Kelsey, <laughs> but but I just felt like I needed to get a running back. Uh-huh. especially more so in our format where you don't have the 0.5 because you know that bell cow that guy that you know is going to get a lot of carries there's not many of them out there so your you thoughts know, your you thoughts on it. zeke your thoughts on zeke did i make I, the right decision taking eckler over zeke i i definitely think you did i there is a just like people are worried about henry I thought it started to show on Zeke the miles last mm. year. He didn't seem to have uh, that punch. And I think even the Cowboys saw late in the year, they've got an, another guy in Pollard. And even though Zeke will be the starter and still get a big workload, the more a guy like that eats into it, it really takes away that first early second round value. That you know, I like who, out of a guy. you know, who still believes in Zeke is team shocker. Those boys want to yell O-H-I-O, you know, when they <laughs> those guys. So, uh, you know, Cam Akers, Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift followed that group. Uh, Bobby Sangerman got back, and, and you know, I asked everyone, who's where's D.K. Metcalf going to be drafted? And lots of people said the end of the first round. Bobby smoothly took his first receiver, D.K. Metcalf, at the sixth pick, and I thought that was great value that followed him. Do you think these running backs lining up acres, Montgomery and Swift is the right order? I like Swift in front of Montgomery myself. I like Montgomery better. I think he had a really good late, late, yep. late last year. Now, some people believe that was just a bad run of defenses, but he gets to play similar defenses again. Uh, the, the run defense in the NFC North is not great, especially the Packers. So you get those, you know, two times a year. And the fact that I, I they're going to lean on the running game more and more, no matter if it's Trubisky or whoever else they bring in. And mm. I think Montgomery showed that they could do that. In Detroit, so, I'm still worried about what's going to happen offensively. You know, I've been talking to you about not worrying. You know, <laughs> so you go to that, listen to these wonderful receivers in that third round. Ridley, Cup, I thought Cup was a little high. Cup in front of Justin Jefferson made no sense to me. Alvin Robinson, A.J. Brown. These guys, I've been trying to get A.J. Brown in a draft. It won't happen. It can't happen. Bobby came back here and took Antonio Gibson as his third-round pick. Uh, He took him before James Robinson and Joe Mixon, right after Dobbins and Jacobs. I think I'd rather have Gibson than Dobbins. You agree, Fetch? I think so. Yes, he, Gibson he seems to be multiple. Yeah, he, he has multiple ways to score for you. I believe so. So I'm dying to get AJ Brown. I can't get him. You know, he he goes to the ninth pick of the third round, which I think is is great value. But he'll never make it back there to number eleven. I go Evans, Richmond, uh, Richmond goes uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, 
C.D. Lamb, which leaves me the opportunity to stack Evans and Godwin. Now, this is a classic draft, not a best ball. Stacking Evans and Godwin. Fetch, would you have done it? I would have, yes. Okay, because the receivers after that are Woods, McLaurin, uh, Julio Jones at the very end of the uh, uh, very end of the fourth. So I'm I'm um, and just to follow up, uh, Bobby got uh, Antonio Gibson and then McLaurin. Uh, so this draft continues to look good for him. Uh, T Higgins uh, in the fifth, Chase Claypool in the sixth. Uh, Dak Prescott, Bobby surprised me going early, going a little early at quarterback there. Uh, and, and in this draft, I don't know what this drafter's thinking about, but he took uh, he took Jalen Hurts. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks going early in this one. He took Jalen Hurts in front of Prescott. So a lot of pundits are really pushing Jalen Hurts up that fantasy board, thinking that they're going to put the ball in his hands and. Eagles a uh, little weaker at defense, maybe losing a lot this year. I think they think there's going to be games like he had at the end of the year with against Arizona where he just put up a ton of yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't put him in front of Prescott. You know, come on, seriously. Hmm. Can't even think about that. So, Fetch, uh, you're looking forward to um, our uh, – our first slow draft master. Hey. I am, especially in this draft masters format. I did do a draft masters last week, and I always, because I'm such a, a, a classic drafter, our main event drafter, waiting on quarterback and thing like mm-hmm. that. And the, and then these draft masters, I notoriously get stuck at the end of a quarterback run or whatever. So I'm really hoping to have that extra time in this slow draft to make sure that doesn't happen to me. Again, I can study who's behind and in front of me so that I know I better get one here. Cause you know, if it comes back around, there might be 14 of them taken before my next pick. Well, it's a great, it's a great lineup. I'm so glad you're in there. Cause we can continue to talk about the draft from time to time or, uh, our great pal St- uh, Stacy Perez is uh, Stacey, I saw Stacey is in there. It's a good. It's just a, a really good group that all of you guys getting together. Uh, uh, the uh, Kirby and Melissa Barker are in there. So you guys will have a real good time with this one. Um, what I like about it uh, is the ability to get. The tremendous bargains and the earlier you take it uh the better bargains you're going to get this is the earliest one i did uh, i went back to uh, right at the super bowl right at the conclusion of the super bowl uh ty hilton in the 18th round fetch uh, i'm telling you i don't think he's going to be in indianapolis marvin uh, i don't know why you're saying that fetch marvin jones uh, at the 17th pick now i thought this was the greatest value that you could possibly ever get in. Well, well, where did Sterling Shepard go? I, yeah, you 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 want to talk about Sterling Shepard? Sterling went in the sixteenth round. A uh, guy, he went right before Darius Slayton, and um, it had been a dry spell for wide receivers. I, I took Gabriel Davis uh, in front of Slayton and uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, the but you okay? I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about Shepard first because you're bringing up Shepard, and you know I, I think we know what we're going to get with Shepard. I don't. I see him catching some balls. I don't find him. Uh, I, I don't find him in the end zone that often, and I've got some injury concerns about Shepard. That's what I want to say about Shepard. What makes you love Shepard in this or any other format? I mean. 16th round, you can't argue with that. Sterling, he's been around. I, I know you love him. I love him. It's that they had injuries with him early in the year, then injuries later in the year with with the quarterback. But I think the quarterback's getting better. And I think they continue to get a better and better rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it showed this year that he is a more of a favorite target uh, than Slayton, who, who really had a down year for me. I, I believe Golden Tate will probably move on, which gives him even more slot time. And we look at the last two weeks where Jones was finally healthy, Shepard was finally healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, averaged 11 targets. 
averaged eight and a half catches, averaged um, 95 yards per game. That is a strong finish. So that I, I feel like, and compared to the T.Y. and the Marvins, I feel like I know Sterling Shepard's going to be a giant next year, and they're going to have a good rapport. I know who the quarterback's Well, be. let's talk about that. T.Y. Hilton, which, which you are – you you just you just like on the you just like on Mars with this fetch. T. Y. Hilton's going to be a cult, but let's assume he isn't, and let's assume that uh, Marvin Jones is not going to be a lion. Let's just take these two players. Okay. Now, uh, I I think my example goes more for Jones because I believe he's leaving. Jones has touchdowns in the last two years of nine touchdowns each year. So 18 touchdowns for a woeful uh, out-of-it Detroit team, which had problems in the red zone. So his situation with Jared Goff coming in, if he does leave, he leaves to something better. So early draft master, 17th round, and he has not gone – you know, he has certainly has not shot up the board in these drafts. He's going a little higher. But you take that kind of productivity that he's had the last two years and you put him certain places. So I'm just going to throw out some teams and you throw me out where he goes in the draft. Let's say the, the team in the division, which is always hungry for wide receivers, uh, they go into free agency, the Green Bay Packers, they bring Marvin Jones in. What rounds he go in? If he went to the Green Bay Packers, he'd probably go ninth, tenth round. Well, I think you're still getting a bargain there. Why can you? I do too, but I, I don't think he goes there. When's the last time the Green Bay Packers spent money on a free agent for Aaron Rodgers? Well, they're not going to. You know, some of those things are going to change. The Packers have got a little bit of new religion in that uh, in that organization, and this is the kind of free agency that they're going to have, because here I want to talk to you a little bit about that. We have a minimum salary cap pull of $180 million a team this year. That's not, the, that's not the, the cap, but that is the minimum that a team must spend. That's the lowest minimum in a long time. You're going to have a lot of players like Marvin Jones, like T.Y. Hilton if he were to leave. And the list goes on and on and on. They're going to be in one and one and prove it years. They're going to they're going to come in and play on one year. This is something the players' association did not get worked out in the way they wanted it. They wanted to take these COVID uh, revenue losses and spread them out over years, where future players would actually be contributing uh, to the current players who lost revenues because of the COVID. Uh, so television down, attendance is non-existent. All of that, all of that's gone away. So the free agent deals that are going to be out there are going to be short one-year deals. So that's why I think you'll see teams that have not been active in the past will be active. Because, because they're they not making a long-term commitment. They won't be making a long-term commitment, and they will not be making long-term uh, uh, financial payments. And you know, many of the players that um, many of the players that are considering moves, and this is where we go to T.Y. Hilton, they're not going to find that money out there. And the team has actually changed to where Hilton is more valuable to the team. Don't you see a veteran receiver with what they're trying to do? in repairing Carson Wentz's game that to be of tremendous value to the Colts? I, yeah, they do need a deep threat, and Carson does have the arm to utilize that, which they haven't had the last couple of years. Uh, T.Y.'s numbers were way down the last couple of years. In Except when he's playing Houston. But, I mean, he, he averaged, what, he had 762 last year, 501 in 2019, averaged 50 catches over those times and five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. As a, as a speedster gets older, sometimes that value comes down, especially with the 
um, le- lower leg injuries, soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. that he's had, which really, you know, we see Deshaun Jackson have that problem over the last few years and he gets hurt. You know, he pulls a muscle and misses eight games because if he's not at top speed, you know, the high level, they're not as valuable. You're putting as- T.Y. Hilton and Deshaun Jackson in the same sentence and having a conversation. Are you really doing that with me, Fudge? Not for it's this year. It's awfully late at night for you to be doing not, so. Not for this year, but just in general, they're similar type receivers. Deep mm, I think T.Y. And- Hilton's game has evolved. Deshaun Jackson's game never evolved. I, I don't think you look at him. Uh, he has getaway sticks. He has deep skills to. You're, you're thinking separation. of T.Y.'s early years when he caught 80, 80, uh, 69, 91. No, he's he's not been over 76 catches in the last four years. Let me tell you, I'll take 76 catches from T.Y. He only Hilton. did that one, you know, he only did that one time. In the, I'll take that. Sixth, I'll take that with double digit draft. Fetch, I'll take that with double digit draft positions. Your Indianapolis Colts are going to look much different. You're, you're going to you're, throw you're a lot Marvin more touchdown passes. I think your Marvin Jones example is better because I do think he brings uh, more versatility to the wide receiver position. Are you he telling can, me you're not going to draft T.Y. Hilton with a double digit draft pick? It's according. A lot of stuff's going to come clear on March the 9th when we hear about all these trans or franchise tags and the movement starts to hear. But right now, no, I don't think it's a great. There, there are other guys I would take a chance on. Fetch and I disagree. Fetch, are you going to be gunning for my favorite running back, Raheem Mostert? I am not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been I, I, I've been burned by the San Francisco running back carousel. Um, some but way, hey, fetch way, all the rest of those guys are leaving town. Mostert was the best one there in the group. Fetch, it appears to me that you're holding a grudge. It, it tells you, me, you it tells grudge. me that that uh, they might find another undrafted free agent that they'll just put in there and take the spot. No one can seem to stay healthy for three or four straight games as a San Francisco running back. Have you noticed that? And it's not, it's almost like in the system because they're not looking to make anybody miss. They are downhill one cut hit the mm-hmm. hole, which means sometimes they meet guys in the hole full speed. And that's a collision in the NFL. That's pretty dire. I saw Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert take a couple hits this year that, I mean, they're train wrecks. And I, maybe that's the reason the offensive setup of what the running back has to do does not lead to a, a 16 week, a running back playing 16 weeks. A good eye from Fetch as to the durability factor of the different styles of running backs in the league. Hey, I got a question for you very, very quickly. Um, does Tariq Cohen come back to make a, a contribution? I believe so, yes. Okay. Does when you look at Los Angeles Rams, are you certain that they are ready to make the commitment to Cam Akers? I believe so. Everything they showed late in the year, he may not get quite as many touches because they are more confident in their quarterback and letting their quarterback throw the ball. So maybe the carries aren't as heavy. The workload not as heavy as those last four to five weeks, mm-hmm. but I do consider him going to be the number one and get 75% of the work there, which on an offense like this with Stafford elevating it, one thing the Rams love to do, Sean McVay loves to do, is run the ball in goal-to-goal situations, mm-hmm. and that is something I love. Uh, for my team, if I have that a running back on that team, that's a good point. Is is Daryl Henderson then the most attractive handcuff in the running back position? I would say so, yes, because he has shown uh, glimpses as well, and in some instances, uh, they may use his pass catching ability even more if Cam Akers were down. So Cam Akers when. Um, um, when Hilaire and Ezekiel Elliott in that one classic that I was in were, were going off the board, you would put Acres in front of those guys. Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I think, I think I might have too, and I think if I get the chance, I'll do it again. Um, you, 
you're in a, a free agency world um, where we expect players to try to stay with a team. What's your expectations of the of the Tampa Bay Bucks? They will they will tag um, they will tag Godwin, and just so everyone knows, uh, a franchise tag goes on a player, but you can continue to negotiate through the tag. You can agree to a long term deal by July fifteenth. So just because a player is tagged doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. And um, long term money is very, very valuable money and because of what we talked about with the salary cap this year. If you could get a long-term deal, that's what the players want. And, oh, boy, the tag is pretty expensive. When you talk about Dak Prescott's tag, oh, my goodness, $38 million. Close to 40 yes. That's, you know. it, it's interesting how teams are going to use it. Um, you know, so many teams do not like to go past that fourth fifth or that fifth year on running backs and now that the price tag to tag a uh running back is i i heard tonight could be between eight and nine million so it'll be interesting if teams try to keep around uh that running back that one extra year you know they don't want to sign them to a long-term deal but can they convince that running back to come back for one more year mm-hmm. um, and so many of them the last couple of years have, have threatened to hold out or held out like zeke did so, so we're going to be interesting to see how they use it on the wide receiver and running back position if they have their quarterback already lined up. Uh, one of the positive things, even though it costs so much for the quarterback, is they don't have to make that long-term commitment. Mm-hmm. I, just imagine what the injury P- Prescott had last year would, you know, would that have derailed anything if he had a long-term deal or anything? Mm-hmm. Um, so Good I – so many good young quarterbacks coming into the league. I think a lot of teams feel like with, with what's going on at quarterback, how ready they are to play, how they have that fifth-year option if they get them in the first round, is it better to only spend uh, minimal on the quarterback in those first five years and try to build everything else around it? Well, you talked a little bit about the draft. I'm, I don't know. I haven't quite figured out what I think about these quarterbacks and there's a lot of them that are talking well, about I, what, I, I, you, I, one guy you watched a lot during college because we talked about this college mm-hmm. team so much you and I did what do you think about Zach Wilson from BYU I know, come in? I know you didn't like him as a, as a first round pick I did not like the game when they traveled to play was it Coastal Carolina you know they got yes. pushed around I got nervous he, he looked yep. very very uncomfortable um, uh, and, um, uh, I don't, uh, I think the team that is at fourth that would, um, that would draft him, I believe that's the Atlanta Falcons. I think they'll be trading out of that spot and moving down. Somebody will have to trade up and get him. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 I'll stick by what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. And this is where uh, the combine would have been very, very important. I, I believe so, too, because he, here's the thing. His pluses. I think he seems to be very severe. See, uh, cerebral. Cerebral. I mean, he, yeah. He, he's very smart. Knows where mm-hmm. he wants to go with the ball. What's it? But he looks a little. I, he's tall enough, but he's a little skinny. And in today's NFL where you got to move around, can he take shots from big guys? He did not play some of the, you know, the Ohio States and the USC's that can put that pounding on you. He went to and Coastal Carolina and they put a whipping on him. And, and yeah. does he have the arm strength? You know, certain things kind of make a difference in this situation too. Could he go to a dome team? Could he go to a Southern team? I definitely think he would struggle in say like a New York or a Buffalo where you need that really strong arm, Green Bay, in the in the winter months, the the, the toughness to, to be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting where he goes, but I I think he can be very good. With I think uh, New Orleans I, they won't take him, but I think that type of mindset where you get a coach that is thinking on that level, um, you don't have to have the arm strength, you don't have to have the other things, you can out scheme people. I think he could work in a situation like that. 
I think it's pretty cool that um, two of the consensus top five running backs come out of the North Carolina Tar Heel backfield, uh, Williams and uh, is it Carter, Michael Carter? Carter yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that both receivers coming out of Alabama, I think that's interesting. You know, it, it's uh, uh, this consolidation of uh, NFL talent at these power five schools and the cream of the crop is, is pretty fascinating. Um, everyone talks about the tight end, uh, Pitts. I like him. I like baby Gronk, uh, Friermuth from Penn state. I think these rookie players are, are, uh, certainly the wild cards of, uh, uh, of the fantasy drafts, but you know, there's some production that, uh, this is being left on the table um, when you turn to those rookie players, and, and that's a decision you have to make. I see a lot of capable players, and maybe all this will flesh out a little bit once free agency starts. You know, we, we go back to that Rams team, um, who's going to leave? Uh, we think Reynolds, the wide receiver who's been productive, may be leaving. I think Gerald Everett's leaving. leaving. I think the – Space that he's going to land in is uh, Seattle. I think he's going to move up there with Shane Waldron, Waldron, the new offensive coordinator at Seattle. Uh, it puts that in a position uh, that uh, Everett uh, could grow into what everybody has, has seen about him from from when he came out of college. You know, he was either a second or third round draft pick. Fetch and, uh, and he, he another guy who's a free agent who's going to be interesting at the tight end position is Jared Cook. Yes, you know, he has that that specimen. And there's been talk up in Seattle of maybe uh, trying to trade for Zach Ertz, who you know, with everything going on in Philly and them dumping salary maybe they're going to look for a trade there as well that's a um, tough salary for Ertz, though to assume that's a you know seattle, it's well, really a problem seattle's in a weird situation they just they they brought in olsen and he's going to retire they mm-hmm. have always seemed to um, utilize the undersized undrafted tight end will disley type and when they've brought in a jimmy graham or a greg olsen it's not worked out you yes, they utilize they utilize those uh, they use those limited uh, talent tight ends to get limited production, and then they go <laughs> try to get a guy past his prime. Speaking of Jimmy Graham, damn it, you know I know he's going to cede opportunities to Cole commit, and I guess he's going to come back and play another year with Chicago. But Jimmy Graham, I thought, caught the ball better this year than, than he has in J- Jimmy years. Graham had a really good season, and I thought he had the greatest walk-off moment of all time, so I thought he was going to retire after he caught <laughs> one-handed <laughs> catch in the playoffs and walked out the end zone and won a lot of people like you money because the, it made the Bears cover. <laughs> yeah, that was a sweet catch by Jimmy. I appreciate that. But you know, he had seven other touchdowns, eight total touchdowns on the year for Jimmy Graham. He's going virtually undrafted in in, in all these drafts. And, and um, we have we have Trubisky, who they say they're going away from. But you not only had Jimmy Graham, who had great production, but Allen Robinson has put in two great years in a row. Allen Robinson has in common with Terry McLaurin, a player that is going to put a hundred catches on the board. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Is that fair to say? I don't know McLaurin to put that many catches. He he's had great years, but I mean, really to look at the two guys' numbers like I did today, it's not fair to compare. I mean, Allen Robinson for the last two years has put up. 1147 and 1250 and then 98 catches and 102 so that's an average of 100 catches 1200 yards with uh you know six touchdowns one Mm. one year seven the other with a mitchell trubisky or a nick Foles uh throwing to him now tim mclaurin has had two great years he's he's really come on and but he's caught 58 and 87 and 919 and 1118. So you're looking 87 at is a way long way from uh 100 fetch. I just want to point you know what I say. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. You said you didn't think he could get 100. You know, 
No, well, I mean, he he may. I I perceive this off or this whole team to be better this year, mm-hmm. and so maybe they don't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They're getting a better running game. You got J.D. McKissick catching the ball. Now stop there. Stop there, Fitch. You got Logan Thomas. Slow down, slow down. J.D. McKissick caught 80 passes last year. Is he going to do that again? Isn't that crazy? I I think he'll catch 60. 80, even 80 was just just fantastic. Alex Smith is the check down king. So that really added to that total. I do not believe Alex Smith will be there their um, quarterback this year. But but the comparison to Robinson McLaurin, and it, it's the reason Robinson's going in the third round and McLaurin's fourth or fifth. I do think there's still a pure round, and, and I think Allen Robinson has the ability to catch uh, more in the red zone. And if Jimmy Graham's not there, I think that's even more for Allen Robinson, if he stays. I mean, I, w- will they franchise him in Chicago? I'm not sure. I think the value's worth it. I think – with with the other uh, receivers they have, they should keep Allen Robinson. And if anybody lets him go, that would be my number one target. Any other team that needs a uh, wide receiver, it'd be Allen Robinson. I think he may be one of the more underappreciated wide receivers in the NFL. There's a lot of them, and yeah, he's one. Um, any commentary about a young player that – can you think of one that maybe didn't do a lot last year but you expect to step up this year? I think this is an obvious one, and I he just took a little bit of a step back, and that's A.J. Brown. And I think a little bit had injuries, a little bit had to do with Corey no, Davis. That's, really, no, that's, that's not right. That's not right. You don't think he took a step back? No, I mean, he had a terrific year. I mean, he was, he was injured. He was injured from the very first game. You know, he played hurt all year long. I'm talking about a guy that really, that, that really didn't do much in his first year. I'm talking about it will be entering his second year. A guy that didn't do much, but might do something this year. So I'll, I'll throw you some names about what I'm thinking about. We can't okay. talk about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's going to go in the first three rounds. I mean, nobody needs us to talk about A.J. Brown. But what they do need us is You didn't is say to, sleeper. Okay. okay. No, I didn't say sleeper. I said a guy that didn't do, I, you know, everybody now will quit listening because I'm uh, repeating myself. AJ Brown had a better, yes, I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. I look at this, yeah. Come on. It's just, okay. So Mark focus. me out. Okay. All right, here's what I'm going to come. Everybody knows what I'm talking about now, except you, and even you do. And I'm about to forget what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> okay, Lynn Bowden down at Miami, Van Jefferson at L.A., um, these are the kind of guys that I'm talking about. Okay. It could have done something, didn't do much. We think they're going to do a lot more. What do you think? Jalen Rieger. Oh, I think I like that one. Uh, one They need a face of this passing game. Um, It had been Ertz really for the last few years. Um, so I, I think that they draft him. They want to use him. I think he probably fits in more with with uh, Jalen. Uh, mm-hmm. Short passing game, a lot of screens. Get him the ball early. Let him run after the catch. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be my guy. I'd say. Okay. Um, you got any opinion on Bowden Jefferson? I happen to like both players a great deal. I probably like Jefferson a little better, especially when Reynolds moves on. I like Jefferson better as the player. Um, the problem with him, he's he's going to be down the pecking order a little bit. I mean, everybody mm. loved Reynolds the last couple of years, but you know, you got to get enough targets, and that that would yeah, be Reynolds caught fifty plus balls this year. But you know, it's uh, uh, here's the problem we should have with Los Angeles, uh, and and I think it exists. You and I think you do too. Is the is the head coach takes his foot off the gas, gets a lead, quits playing. Likes to run the ball late in the game with leads, yes. Likes mm-hmm. to run the ball in the red zone, which takes away touchdown passes, yes. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more weapons in Miami, and I'd like to see, really know if Tua is going to progress. Um, you know, we were under the impression, I was, I thought Tua was going to be a great NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought, you know, they bring in him week four or five that he was ready and he was not. 
And I just, I'm a little worried about the size, the progression, really the athleticism. It's, it's so interesting when you, we talk about all these players from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Sometimes are the quarterbacks just game managers then? I mean, we've not really seen an Alabama quarterback come out and be great in the NFL, have we? Like, can um, you name yeah, Joe Namath. I'm, um, the, I'm um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it, it just, you're exactly what? right. You're how exactly you, right. How you did know, you know where Kitty stapled it? That's, that's my most disappointing thing. How did well, you, know? uh, you can't, took Kenny a while to be great. Alabama. Took Kenny a while to be great. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, we see all this at the, at the um, college level and it's, they just got, better offensive line and, and more weapons and the tough. And that's where the scouting and everything else. And cause I think some people were a little worried Joe Burrow would be that way. Mm-hmm. And he totally proved that to be wrong. No, was Burrow was just NFL ready. Just yes. So fabulous. You know, and that's what we've got to look forward to. Can you imagine how different fantasy football would be if, if it was a barren wasteland of quarterbacks with the coyote and we still had Philip rivers and, you know, still had some of these old guys hanging around and trying to play. If we didn't have Herbert in the league, if we didn't have Burrow coming to the league, you know, I, I love what's happening in Philadelphia, giving Carson Wentz another chance. He's 28 years old. He's coming off years where he threw for multiple uh, seven interceptions and, and flirting with 30 touchdowns. Uh, I think he returns back to that. I, I, I'm going to give – how many touchdowns for Carson Wentz this year, Fetch? You want to throw a number out right now? 29. I'm going 33. I'm, I'm going over. Here's what I'll say about this, and that this makes the NFL even more fascinating right now. We just went through an era from like, you know, 2000 to 2015 where a lot of teams wanted a capable quarterback that gave them a chance to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, competitive. Uh, I think with this new uh, quarterback structure, uh, especially getting the younger guys. And we saw the success of so, so many young guys early. You've got a lot more teams that, that are going for it. You're not going to see the Phillip Rivers stay at a place for 15 years and not win a Super Bowl. Um, I, I think that's the big question with Matt Ryan right now and why some people think they may move on because mm-hmm. they know what they have, a really solid quarterback who can distribute it, but can he make the plays when you really need it, can, can he get out of the pocket and do things? Terrible I mean, football team. They should keep – from a fantasy perspective, I'm not so sure you want to be in business with Matt Ryan. From a football perspective, they better keep Matt Ryan there because they are really a terrible football team. He, you know, he carried them about as far as anybody could carry them last year. He's, he's yeah. got a lot of great weapons, though. The defense let him down big time. Defense yeah. let him back down. I think the coach let him down. Coach and let him down. That early, was that. Early. You beat me to it. You beat. <laughs> damn it. You beat me uh, early in the year. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if 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 it's not totally right, if 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 he's not a dynamic guy, because we have these new young dynamic quarterbacks like a Kyler Murray, like a Lamar Jackson that can run and throw. So your your guy like a Philip and Matt Ryan, uh, Eli Manning. Even Ben to a certain that just sat back there and threw the the football. Teams want something different, and if they don't have it, they know they can find it in the draft now, and and they're not afraid to make a couple mistakes trying to win the Super Bowl. Because Matt I, Canada moves in as offensive coordinator uh, at Pittsburgh, um, quoted today, uh, Roethlisberger's agent. Uh, oh my God known him all my life and now his name escapes me but uh he uh he stated that they'll do anything contractually to keep uh Roethlisberger there uh, speaking I, of free agent that, that one of the great free agent questions at wide receiver comes out of Pittsburgh and can Juju you talking about our other guys who are in their 30s Juju's like 24 Oh yeah, Juju, Juju Smith, Schuster. They need to do everything. They need to do everything they can to keep this player, and I don't know if they're going to or not. Uh, well, they uh, they they have such a history of being able to draft, and obviously uh, the young guys they have in Deontay Johnson and Ch- Chase Claypool. Maybe they want to spend their money elsewhere, but I gotta believe Juju can help somebody. But some people, I 
lot of lot of fantasy players were right to stay away from Juju this past year. Yes, because he did not. And I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the, the same thing we talked about, Bobby, uh, Bobby Sangerman, and I, and, and Rich were drafting in the FFPC. We talked about Bobby. I haven't been in position to draft Claypool yet because I can't get a draft position high enough to do it uh, with where he's going. But I don't know if I would spend a middle of six-round pick on him with this quarterback situation and this offensive situation there. I don't know if I like it. I sure didn't like it at the end of the year. Well, we didn't like it for one reason. We tried to make calls to this offensive coordinator. Let him understand what a weapon in the red zone Chase Claypool is, Mm -hmm. yet they continually pulled him out. In the red zone. Oh, yeah. And that, well, that cost him his job. You know, yeah. they got a new OC now. You know, that cost the guy's job. So, what do you do? <laughs> what do you What do you do with a clay pool um, other than, than try to feed him the ball? But it just, man, it just, it just did not look right up there. And I remember at one time I was telling you, Fetch, that I thought Pittsburgh was going to win every game. They won the first 11. They were 11 and 0. It's a distant memory now. <laughs> Older quarterbacks late in the year, Ben's arm strength, Ben's, you know, accuracy just did not look good those last few few weeks of the season and you wonder, you know, they're going to pay him this year, but how much longer is he for the NFL? We're we're seeing everybody but Tom, Tom Brady loses to Yeah, well that's he, he he certainly knows how to defeat it. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, I got I got just some names I want to throw out and talk about. I have three more names. We want to keep this at, at right at an hour. We don't want to we don't want to go on all night. Hey, you know, uh, joining us in the podcast world, Fetch, uh, uh, Aaron Laser, and uh, the boys up with uh, uh, with Team Shocker up in Cleveland, Jason Kahn and those guys. They're doing podcasts. They've uh, uh, they're really into it. I think Lacer is going to be a star in the podcast world. I listened to it. They, uh, um, you know, they, they, they did it. They did while they draft. draft. I, I, I would have rather have heard some of their opinions rather than them uh, going spot by spot with the draft. Well, but they're going to, they're going to, they'll get their production figured out. I've, I've heard their commentary as they're oh, drafting, they're, and it's great. Especially when they're all in, they're when they're in consultation and whatever, you know. They, they but yes, they have strong opinions. They have no problems yes. letting each other it's know just, about them. It, and it, it, it's I, I, and we we're gonna uh, you know pick out some uh, uh, pick out some of our favorite episodes of that and uh, send out some some links on our Mailchimp. But I I want to let's see. I want to talk about three or four more players, but I quickly want to get in uh, a little information. If we've got anyone still listening, we're going to throw out the uh, uh, the gauntlet of uh, of competition from uh, the trophy husband. We need three more players in the thirty nine dollar uh, slow draft draft master uh, fetch. I I make it akin to hitting practice golf balls. This draft master is going to do nothing but get you stronger. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be easy to play uh, and, and get your picks in. And, you know, if you know your pick, pick it. Don't use your whole entire six hours. You know, lots of people lots of people want to keep it moving. And, uh, you know, just like Fetch, he'll wear out his phone checking that to see uh, when it's his time to draft. we got so many cool things going on. You know, I think that, I think that a lot of guys uh, – we start this 2021, uh, it's going to be better in 2020, but there's still not a lot of things to plan and still not a lot of things to look forward to doing. And uh, consequently, we've got a lot of guys talking about wanting to plan their fantasy football trip. I've, I've actually got the codes for the hotel and the rooms already set up that we're going to distribute this week. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it, going to have a lot of fun getting ready for it. Uh, Fetch, let me run some more players uh, by you. Uh, um, Kenny Galladay, uh, what would you do with Galladay? Uh, hamstring and hip, the double 
<laughs> the, the double blasted attack of a of a of a long wide receiver uh, uh, physique, hip and hamstring. Are you gonna just avoid Galladay? Well, I can't say I'm gonna avoid him as I draft him <laughs> last Tuesday night, <laughs> and and I know you love him so much. I love his athleticism, but I mean, it, it's scary. It's scary with him, but he did have back-to-back thousand yard seasons in 19 and 18, along with a high of 11 touchdowns in that 19 season. Uh, especially if Marvin Jones goes away, mm-hmm. he's going to be the target, uh, especially in the red zone. So I have to believe if, and it's an if, if he can stay healthy, um, he demands the ball. 100 catches, multiple touchdowns. I think as many as 10 go to Tyler Lockett, yet he's going in the seventh and eighth round of the drafts I've been in. Tyler Lockett is a value fetch. You agree? Definitely a value, but a, a very scary situation in Seattle. How they they changed their offense. And they got a new OC. Very successful early in the year throwing the ball well they had to because their their quarterbacks are ready mm-hmm. ready to, to cut bait and you know talk trade i pete carroll loves that running game and it seems to it, it's such a debate do we let russ cook or not and when they don't let russ cook tyler lockett more so than dk metcalf is the one who's going to sacrifice let's those see. let's see if the let's see if gerald everett makes that move up uh up the coast and uh, lands in Seattle with his uh, traveling OC. You know, those, uh, those coaching trees go back uh, very, very far. Um, the um, situation down at uh, Tampa with the backfield uh, is Jones. Is he a player that you would look to draft when that seventh and eighth round comes around if he's there? Is he a guy that you just pick him and and are so glad to have him? You've got it. Just like last year, yes, I I would. Seventh, eighth round is is good value for Ronald Jones. When he's given the opportunity, he does well. They're not a run-first team, but as you're – Floating X or your second running back. If guys get injured, he's he's very viable. Once you finally get started with your your draft master fetch, eventually you're going to be thinking about that third quarterback. Uh, Why can't it be Drew Locke? I don't believe he's going to be starting in Denver's the reason it couldn't be uh, him for me. I would rather have you one think, of the rookies. You think they're going to burn that draft pick honest, and put Locke on the bench? I think they're they're still in the trade rumors, and I think um, they're going to get some. It would be interesting to know, you know, the new general manager. It, it uh, uh, I think Drew Locke's got – I think Drew Locke's got potential uh, in him. Uh, you know, the, I feel that the player – being denied a preseason last year, it's kind of difficult to, you know. I, I think he's a, a a guy that needs to mature and a guy that if, if worked with could be a very good veteran yeah. NFL quarterback. Uh, a, a, you know, a Kirk Cousins. Whoever comes, whoever comes just, in there to play quarterback has a ready-made situation because this is my favorite. Favorite wide receiver quarter of the league, the tight end with fan is good. Who is the odd man out uh, with Cortland Sutton's return? KJ Hamler was a second round draft pick and played well at times. Uh, Tim Patrick filled in and became a, a deep threat. Jerry Judy, of course, is, is the first round class uh, of, of that team. When Sutton comes back, what happens to those other? It's Tim Pat Tim Patrick's the guy that loses the uh, Judy loses gets the more. Snaps. Judy actually uh, is going to have a better year. Yes, Judy yes, falls I, into that situation of a guy yeah. that didn't do as much as we thought, but is going to do uh, going to do it this year. So let me give you another first round receiver. Is Henry Ruggs going to do more this year? Oh, you got something no. against Henry Ruggs and the Raiders? You want to fight about this fetch? You got. 
What the hell's wrong with you, Fetch? Picking on Henry Ruggs, who was one of the top wide receivers drafted in the league, and you're just picking on him. Jacobs and Waller are their featured guys. Everybody else just kind of has roles. And and John Gruden wants to switch them out, Swiss Army knife this guy, that guy, Nelson Uh Aguilar come in for a little bit. Brian Edwards mm-hmm. might catch a long ball. Um, our, our good friend Hunter Renfro may. may yeah, he didn't have a startable fantasy game all year, I don't think. I don't think. No, and but it's hard for a lot of players to do that when you're swapping out personnel and and bringing in so many different wide receivers. It's hard, especially in our classic formats, uh, to play guys. Now maybe in a. Um, and the draft masters, um, Henry Ruggs got a little more value because you get that right. two catch, eighty yard, two touchdown game. But I, it's hard to guarantee that. And in the classic format, so the so the Raiders go out and they draft that guy in the first round. You you see in his second year, you see forty five catches and five touchdowns for him. Maybe yeah. seven touchdowns, but and maybe yeah. fifty catches. But I just. They don't seem That's to want to hit enough. him with volume. Andy, Boy, I tell no, you, no. How, you know, before we get off, let's remind the listeners that are still with us, how many uh, receptions did you have for Gronkowski last year, Finch? We talked about it. I think, yeah, I I think like you had 30. 40 or 45. I think you had 30 is what you had. I think I had <laughs> 75. Only brought that up. Only threw that big number out there just to tell you how ridiculous your 30 was. You might have had 35. You might have had 35. Yeah. It was 46. It was 46 and seven, but then you take. I think it was 45. It was 45. Are you trying to take one away from me as we're just talking here? I'm looking at his career stats right now 2020, but 45 catches, 623 yards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good Super Bowl. So so actually, even at my thirty, I'm closer to forty five. Well, I only said that just just to illuminate the foolishness of your thirty five, and you know the way you talk about players and the way they finish. You know, and even when he wasn't catching the ball, boy, he was playing football. He was knocking people on their head. No, uh, Rob Gredkowski is. One of the joys of football and the, the, the joy he brought in the playoffs to win is what football is about. I mean, I love fantasy and I want them all to put up all the stats too, but sometimes it's nice mm. just to watch a football player. And he was a football player during the whole playoffs and he was rewarded from Tom in the Super Bowl by getting it is the, a football for what the, the yeoman's work he had done. You know, yeah, uh, yes. Steve ran again. Um, Stephen ran again, came on to the high stakes fantasy football hour with Balky and myself last week. Uh, I've had a couple conversations with him since then. I expect we'll see him uh, in Louisville fetch um, playing this year. Uh, it will be a great addition to our league. If you didn't listen to that show, what's been interesting about this gentleman is he has won three three of the playoff challenges over the last three years. Winnings uh, this year, half a million dollars. Over the last three years, over a million dollars. And you know how you and I are trying to figure out those playoff challenge lineups and we're trying to think about who's the guy that's going to break out and do the, you know, have the, like like I thought Antonio Brown would be the guy this year. You know, who's going to be the guy that is, is the yeah, the against Nobody's the grain guy that can bring you home the championship. And, uh, you know, Rannigan just filled out a roster that had the, the best players on each team. <laughs> Simple sometimes. And so congratulations to him. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time off from all your responsibilities to join us tonight and talk about the league. I appreciate you jumping in that. uh, Once they get moving and once they go, we'll be a, uh, 
an, an absolute blast for us. Uh, and, and people will benefit from playing them. Um, and, and so we've got them across all formats and we'll talk a little more about them, but I just got to get people doing them. And by you signing up, it was a great way to get us started. So any closing words tonight, sir? Uh, spring is almost here. That leads us to the draft. That leads us to OTAs, uh, then to camp, and then all the way to see it, football season. And it, it's here before you know it. It's such a great time of year once this, gosh, this winter Ooh, storm we had last week was no fun. No fun. But but I'm glad to see sign of spring, and that just means football's closer. More drafts we can do, and I can't wait to see all our friends uh, – you know, at uh, Caesars. Oh, oh, thanks Cincinnati, for bringing and, Cincinnati you know, up. Even Jim even Cole. Jim Cole. Jim, Jim's probably going to play Jim long Cole. distance in Cincinnati this Cole. year, but he'll come to Louisville and spend an extra day with us. Hey, you know, I'm glad you brought up Cincinnati. Please, everyone, note the new date, August 15th for Cincinnati. And what we're working on for uh, uh, the uh, uh, the week between Cincinnati and Louisville is, is to have us a big explosive uh, – uh, draft time, uh, the for online draft time for our main event. We're trying to figure out some ways that we're going to do that. It's going to be pretty exciting stuff. Thanks. Let's sign off and get together real soon. Okay. All right, buddy.